Section 2 of The Fair Maid of Perth or St. Valentine's Day. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Fair Maid of Perth or St. Valentine's Day by Sir Walter Scott. Chapter 1 Behold the Tiber, the vain Roman cried, viewing the ample Tay from Bagley's side. But where's the Scot that would the vaunt repay, and hail the puny Tiber for the Tay? Anonymous Among all the provinces in Scotland, if an intelligent stranger were asked to describe the most varied and the most beautiful, it is probable he would name the county of Perth, a native also of any other district of Caledonia, though his partialities might lead him to prefer his native county in the first instance, would certainly class that of Perth in the second, and thus give its inhabitants a fair right to plead that, prejudice apart, Perthshire forms the fairest portion of the northern kingdom. It is long since Lady Mary Wortley Montague, with that excellent taste which characterizes her writings, expressed her opinion that the most interesting district of every country, and that which exhibits the varied beauties of natural scenery in greatest perfection, is that where the mountains sink down upon the Champagne or more level land. The most picturesque, if not the highest, hills are also to be found in the county of Perth. The rivers find their way out of the mountainous region by the wildest leaps, and through the most romantic passes connecting the highlands with the lowlands. Above, the vegetation of a happier climate and soil is mingled with the magnificent characteristics of mountain scenery, and woods, groves, and thickets in profusion clothe the base of the hills, ascend up the ravines, and mingle with the precipices. It is in such favored regions that the traveler finds what the poet Gray, or someone else, has termed beauty lying in the lap of terror. From the same advantage of situation, this favored province presents a variety of the most pleasing character. Its lakes, woods, and mountains may vie in beauty with any that the Highland tour exhibits, while Perthshire contains, amidst this romantic scenery, and in some places in connection with it, many fertile and habitable tracts, which may vie with the richness of Merry England herself. The county has also been the scene of many remarkable exploits and events, some of historical importance, others interesting to the poet and romancer, though recorded in popular tradition alone. It was in these vales that the Saxons of the plain and the gad of the mountains had many a desperate and bloody encounter, in which it was frequently impossible to decide the palm of victory between the mailed chivalry of the low country and the plaided clans whom they opposed. Perth, so eminent for the beauty of its situation, is a place of great antiquity, and all tradition assigns to the town the importance of a Roman foundation. That victorious nation, it is said, pretended to recognize the Tiber in the much more magnificent and navigable Tay, and to acknowledge the large level space well known by the name of the North Inch as having a near resemblance to their Campus Martins, the city was often the residence of our monarchs. 
who although they had no palace at perth found the cistercian convent amply sufficient for the reception of their court it was here that james i one of the wisest and best of the scottish kings fell a victim to the jealousy of the vengeful aristocracy here also occurred the mysterious conspiracy of Gowrie, the scene of which has only of late been effaced by the destruction of the ancient palace in which the tragedy was acted. The Antiquarian Society of Perth, with just zeal for the objects of their pursuit, have published an accurate plan of this memorable mansion, with some remarks upon its connection with the narrative of the plot, which display equal acuteness and candor. One of the most beautiful points of view which Britain, or perhaps the world, can afford is, or rather we may say was, the prospect from a spot called the Wicks of Bagley, being a species of niche at which the traveller arrived after a long stage from Kinross through a waste and uninteresting country, and from which, as forming a pass over the summit of a ridgy eminence which he had gradually surmounted, he beheld, stretching beneath him, the valley of the Tay, traversed by its ample and lordly stream. The town of Perth, with its two large meadows, or inches, its steeples and its towers, the hills of Moncrief and Kinul, faintly rising into picturesque rocks, partly clothed with woods, the rich margin of the river studded with elegant mansions, and the distant view of the huge Grampian Mountains, the northern screen of this exquisite landscape. The alteration of the road greatly, it must be owned, to the improvement of general intercourse avoids this magnificent point of view and the landscape is introduced more gradually and partially to the eye though the approach must be still considered as extremely beautiful there is still we believe a footpath left open by which the station at the wicks of bagley may be approached and the traveller by quitting his horse or equipage and walking a few hundred yards may still compare the real landscape with the sketch which we have attempted to give but it is not in our power to communicate or in his to receive the exquisite charm which surprise gives to pleasure when so splendid a view arises when least expected or hoped for and which crystal croft angry experienced when he beheld for the first time the matchless scene childish wonder indeed was an ingredient in my delight for i was not above fifteen years old and as this had been the first excursion which i was permitted to make on a pony of my own i also experienced the glow of independence mingled with that degree of anxiety which the most conceited boy feels when he is first abandoned to his own undirected counsels i recollect pulling up the reins without meaning to do so and gazing at the scene before me as if i had been afraid it would shift like those in a theatre before i could distinctly observe its different parts or convince myself that what i saw was real since that hour and the period is now more than fifty years past the recollection of that inimitable landscape has possessed the strongest influence over my mind and retained its place as a memorable thing when much that was influential on my own fortunes had fled from my recollection 
It is therefore unnatural that, whilst deliberating on what might be brought forward for the amusement of the public, I should pitch upon some narrative connected with the splendid scenery which made so much impression on my youthful imagination, and which may perhaps have that effect in setting off the imperfections of the composition which ladies suppose a fine set of china to possess in heightening the flavor of indifferent tea the period at which i propose to commence is however considerably earlier of the remarkable historical transactions to which i have already alluded as the events which i am about to recount occurred during the last years of the fourteenth century when the scottish sceptre was swayed by the gentle but feeble hand of john who on being called to the throne assumed the title of robert the third End of chapter 1